Good morning and welcome to the KLE podcast. This is your host, Sean Smith. Really great to have you with me again today. Um, this is Sunday and we are um, white in Pennsylvania. Well, at least in our part of Pennsylvania, it's uh, had, had a bit of a snowy day. But um, nonetheless, we are here live with the uh, podcast episode and we are talking about where are the skilled workers for the last days. And we are on part four. I've been doing this as a series over the past four weeks and just really discussing the strategies of Jesus that Jesus left us for influencing our world, for impacting our world, for making a difference and for you know presenting them with the gospel of the kingdom. And uh, so this is uh, this is the broadcast. Of course, what I'm also I am live in the Kingdom Leadership Equipping Group. And uh, so that's why I just kick off and just run straight into it. But really great to have you with me. Enjoy the episode with me right now. God bless and have a great week. Good morning and welcome to another broadcast in the Kingdom Leadership Equipping Group and uh, in the KLE podcast. Nearly I forgot the mic of the for the podcast because <laughs> I'm running live and the podcast. Great to have you with me. Thank you for uh, hopping on to this live video or onto this episode. And uh, I really appreciate you as listeners um, participating and uh, hopping on and supporting us just just with, with your listenership. I, I really appreciate it. And I, I pray that uh, today, <clears throat> again, you will be um, encouraged and equipped and uh, inspired um, in your journey, your spiritual journey. But most of all is to actually be a skilled worker that has an influence in this world. It has an influence in your world, in your community, in your um, culture, wherever you are. Let's get this a little closer. Um, so I really want to encourage you in this because... We are, we've been in the last days for, for since Jesus um, ascended. Uh, however, it seems like we've, we've resorted to programs to do what Jesus wanted us to do naturally as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, as believers. We always relying upon somebody that's more spiritual, that we think is more spiritual, more qualified, more up to date, more, that can hear better from God than us, and we rely on them to do the job, to get to influence. So we're hoping that our organization, our denomination, and you know some denominations, they they're more concerned with social justice than they are with the strategy of Jesus to influence this world. We're hoping that it's our, you know, it's our pastor, our ministry, our prophet, you know, our bishop, our, our group, our tribe, our thing, our revelation that's going to be better more than anybody else that, so that we can have, a, have an influence so that we can grow our thing and show how influential we are, show how powerful we are, how important we are. And this wasn't the strategy of Jesus. Jesus' strategy is clearly laid out in Matthew 28 and uh, 
Matthew 28, verse 18, 19, and 20. Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Therefore, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world. Sorry, not preach the gospel. Go into all the world and make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey whatsoever I have commanded you. His strategy, which the, the disciples, his team that he had mentored, went out and led that as an impactful, transformational influence into that world with, with the supernatural ability of the Holy Spirit. They went out and did exactly that. They didn't try and hold meetings. They didn't try and set up programs. They went out and influenced the world around them. And we are the results of that strategy. But we are not keeping up with the birth rate right now as the church. We're so focused on the wrong things. And we need to get back to understanding the strategy of Jesus, which was go into all the world and make disciples of every ethnic group, of every culture group, of every tribe. Carrying his culture, not trying to create our own culture, but carrying his culture into all the world. So we've spoken. This is actually part four. I don't know if I put it down on the, I don't think I put it down on the title. But we spoke in part one about the basis that we work from is that Jesus had all authority given to him. So we're giving, we, we operate. He said, all authority, all right to use might or to use the capacity to use the, the, all the resources of heaven, all authority has been given to me, therefore go into all the world. All authority, and notice he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. <laughs> it's interesting. And he said, you remember he said to the disciples, whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, heaven will be bound on earth as well. Um, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So we need to, um, hey Ian, good to have you with me. Um, so we need to understand is that authority is, that's the basis we work from. Authority, but not just any authority, not church authority, not um, people's authority, not our bishop's authority, not our positional authority. It's the authority that we have because Jesus obtained it. It's kingdom authority. He obtained all that authority as the king. And now, as kings, he's sending us out. He's sending us out into the world. And he says, go therefore. So in other words, we're representing his kingdom authority. So that's number one. Number two we looked at was that from Matthew chapter, uh, we looked at Matthew chapter 9, And he says in verse 37, he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. So we looked at the fact that we need skilled workers. These workers here, first off, who sends the worker? The Lord of the harvest. We don't create a program. We ask the Lord of the harvest if to send out workers, and maybe he sends you, and we, he sends all of us. The fact of the matter is, and th- this sort of is something that's been 
I've been thinking about this a lot, and we, we, I spoke a bit about this last week, is like we, we do all our programs, and yet we're still ineffective. I, you know, I did that. As a pastor, I had EE3 running, and I had uh, this, and I had that, and, and I couldn't understand why we still didn't have an effective witnessing program. But now I look back and I say, you know what? I was trying to program in some kind of factory sausage machine to pump people out and hoping if I give them the knowledge of my program that they're going to do something, that actually we're going to accomplish something. And it didn't happen. But you know what? where growth came from was just virally. As people just shared and prayed for other people, uh, they were excited about the word, shared the word with people. Things began to happen and we began to grow in a little town called Malpos in Cape Town, South Africa. There was only 5,000 people in the, in the town and actually people were coming from outside the town to the church. And, and we began to grow because now I understand a lot more and uh, so much more. <laughs> Looking back now, I see, oh man, I was... I was so stupid in a lot of the stuff I did, but I just did whatever I knew to do and I did it to the best and with all my heart, I did it. I did, had no clue about leadership. I had no clue how to, in fact, equip and inspire and ignite people to make an impact right where they are. So um, let me just wave at some people here. <laughs> so, um, so. What I realized is that we need to have um, um, people, all of us, as the church, as the as kingdom citizens. We, you know, we are citizens of the kingdom of God, of the kingdom of heaven. And as citizens, you are on assignment. Right where you are, what it, wherever you are right now, you are Christ's assignment. As the King of Kings, He's the. He, you're a king. Under the king. Amen. So he's the king of kings. And he's the lord of lords. There's so much implied in that. And, you know, anyway. So we are, you are, so whether you're teaching, whether you are, uh, whatever you're doing. I mean, whether you're a factory worker, whether you're a businessman, whether you're in the medical field, education field, business field. Whatever field you're in, you're actually... God's assignment, Christ's assignment to the people around you. To influence them with the culture of the kingdom of heaven. To influence them with the presence of God. If, if you haven't listened to um, yesterday's two-part on, on KLE podcast, where Steve and I spoke about the spirit of the word, Please go over and listen to it. I did it in two parts because it was quite a long, uh, a long episode. But it, we were just talking about how we bring the word to people's lives, and and uh, it's it's really revolutionary. So please go and have a listen to that. However, <clears throat> so we spoke about skilled workers, and 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 Jesus. It says of Jesus in verse five of chapter ten. These 12 Jesus sent out after instructing them. He didn't just thrust them out. He first instructed them. He first equipped them with, with the message. Because what did he say to them? You are to go out and preach saying, um, go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, freely you've received, freely give. So he first instructs them in the message and then what comes with the message. And then he gave them instructions on what their mandate is. You're not to go be distracted going to this, going to that, going to the, to the Samaritans, going to, um, to the Gentiles. You're to focus on the children of Israel. And I really believe that. That's why I really believe that where God sends you is, you know, is that we're always looking for something else. I want to be a prophet to the nations. I want to be an apostle to the to the denominations or whatever it is. You know, I'm the bishop over and in, in we try. Anyway, I don't want to get into all of that. But the simple fact of the matter is, is that where you are right now is the influence that you have. And that's your mandate. Don't get distracted by shiny objects. Focus on where God has sent you, where God has placed you, where God has planted you right now. Focus on that and influence that world. If it's one person or if it's 100 or if it's 1,000, influence. You will have grace. If, if God gives you grace for one person, do it with all your might and influence them. Make disciples. Discipleship by its very essence means it is a mentorship. It's an impartation of a new world view. If you look at the Greek word for make disciples, that's what it means. It's a very practical, uh, very um, um, actionable word. It's, it, discipleship never was a religious program. It never was a 10-week program. It never was, uh, you know, 10 lessons in anything. It making disciples is a life, a lifestyle of impartation through relationships. And that's what we got to. So we began to look at the simple fact is that Jesus said, John the Baptist comes and he eats camel. I mean, doesn't eat camels. <laughs> he wears camel hair and eats locusts. And, uh, and as a as a prophet, they called him um, a demon because he separated himself from the, from the institution of the day. He says, the son of man comes eating and drinking wine and they call him a wine bibber and a glutton. And, but he says, wisdom is revealed in its deeds or approved in its deeds. So in other words, John the Baptist had this mandate of being separated. He went into the wilderness and everybody came to him in the wilderness and he impacted their lives. He separated himself from that religious institution of the day. Their irreligious thinking. He didn't dress like them. He didn't eat like them. He didn't meet where they met. And he changed, he changed the whole. And he, what was he doing? He was preparing the way. And so he changed the whole focus of everything. And they said, he's a demon. Jesus comes and he goes, he goes into now he, he goes out of the system into the, the community. He goes into the culture of the day, the culture, not the religious culture. He goes into the culture of people, people's lives. He meets with sinners and tax collectors and they called him a friend of sinners. Wow. <laughs> It didn't mean he called them to his meeting. It didn't mean that he stood up and preached them. He was just there with them and he communed with them and he was able to be part of what they were doing and influence them. 
As I said last week, I really believe that a lot of the results of what Jesus was accomplishing came out of the fact that um, it came out of the fact that uh, you know what 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 we saw being accomplished in Jesus' ministry came out of his influence that he had into the community. We just get this idea that Jesus was some kind of preacher that just preached from a pulpit and had his ministry staff around him and set up crusades. That wasn't what Jesus did. He did that, but that was a result of the influence that he had into society, into the community, and into the culture of the day. So, we need to understand is that we, we need to change our thinking and have a transformation in, in how we as the church are going to impact this world and impact, impact society. Go and make disciples, not converts, not members of churches, not uh, participants in programs, but disciples. People who who adopt, who have not just no, not just adopt, but who have a transformation in how they see the world, and that's where the whole idea of kingdom leadership equipping came from. Because I realized that we need to have a new mindset, a new perspective, a new paradigm as as the body of Christ, and that is we need to have a kingdom mindset is that where the king rules and reigns, and we begin to follow his constitution, we begin to follow his way, his strategy, to actually accomplish that. Jesus didn't say, seek first the kingdom for no reason. You know, He didn't say to them, go and preach the kingdom of heaven for no reason. Amen? So then we looked at, we've looked at, then he goes on to with the strategy and he says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Now, just the characteristic of that, the picture of that, just get it, is like you're going out into um, as wool, as sheep, he's thrusting into in amongst wolves. What do wolves think when they see a bunch of sheep bleating around? <laughs> it's like, yeah, here's meat, baby. Yes, pray. I remember when I surrendered my life to Christ in, in a military camp in South Africa. And um, I, I just became radical. I mean, I had an encounter with the Lord in a guard tower in the, in the early hours of the morning. It was freezing cold. It was, it's a place called Bloemfontein in the middle of South Africa. It was freezing cold. Nothing like getting freezing here. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it was like minus five Celsius. So it's nowhere near as cold as it gets here in Pennsylvania anyway. And so it was, it, but it was cold. It was cold enough to be standing in a concrete guard tower with open. And I was, um, I had to guard the runway on, on the airbase. And I was standing there, but I was cold and, and, and I was lonely and I was feeling dejected. And I just, you know, I was far away from my family and they'd moved away. And I, I was only 17 years old and I was standing there and I'm thinking, what on earth am I doing here? And I began to cry out to God and God, I had an encounter with God and I surrendered my life to him. And I went after that, I went into the camp and I didn't know anything, you understand, except what I'd heard. Some scriptures that I'd read, 
somewhere, I don't know, maybe Sunday school or something. But I was just excited, radical about the love of Jesus and um, and just the Lordship of Jesus. So I went into the camp preaching and of course they did everything. I mean, the guys would, would try and lace my... Uh, you know, lace my orange juice with vodka, and they they would try and um, you know ha- let me have encounters with with uh, girls and and all sorts of things, or, or they would put uh, pornography on my desk, or you know they did all sorts of things to try and um, I was a prey, you know they were trying to get me down, but I was so excited about Jesus, you know, or they would play rock music like serious rock music very loud and uh, and it was just like <laughs> it was crazy, and it was at times it was tough because I was the only one, you know, but I was just so passionate and so in love with Jesus, I just became the I became the preacher of the camp, you know. I didn't know anything else. I just went out and and just shared everywhere that I could. Anyway, the thing about it is is that you become a prey. As a sheep amongst wolves, you become prey. And they think they think you prey. But the thing about it is is that when you go when Jesus thrusts you out as a sheep among wolves, he puts them off their guard. They they think they're not threat. They're not feeling threatened by you. Right now in the world, you know, is like Christianity is uh, the church rather um, is the most persecuted, uh, you know, people among in the world, and we can see that especially in the in the Middle East, and uh, but you know legally it's being there's an encroachment upon the church. And what the church stands for, the values of the church, and uh, because they want, they we're a prey. We they want to get rid of us because when they can get rid of us, the moral standard of conscience is gone, and then we're free to do whatever we like. So then there will be, you know, leadership without principle. That's really what it is. You know, living without moral morality. Business without ethics, etc. So, God thrusts us out as sheep amongst the wolves. And it puts their guard down. But he says, therefore, because you're going out like sheep among the wolves. We're looking at verse 16 of chapter 10, Matthew. He says, therefore, be shrewd as serpents. We looked at that yesterday. I mean, last week. And that's the cunning of, the cunningness of um a serpent or a snake. And we looked at a couple of the characteristics of a snake. So you can go back and get that. And then he says, and innocent as doves. And that's really what I want to touch on a little bit today. It's just as innocent as doves. I looked up, you know, what what is sort of the characteristic of doves. And the word innocent there, of course, I looked it up in the Greek and it means to have, be without guile or um, to be... Um, Without cunning, no deceit, blameless and simple. And I looked up another scripture that came to me was um, Luke chapter twenty two twenty six, and Jesus was speaking about being leaders. And he says that um, in verse twenty six, he says, "If you want to be the greatest, you must be as the youngest." And the youngest there means like naive, like simple. In other words, you don't have all the answers for everything. You don't have a big opinion about everything, but you're there and you are an influence. 
and people begin to notice you. You don't have to jump up and be noticed. You don't have to be the loudest voice in the room. You don't have to be, you know, yeah, it's just, I've seen, I've seen Christians become the loudest voice in the room and then they become the loudest voice against the, what they used to stand for, the values they used to stand for. So um, we need to be as the youngest. And that's like a dove. A dove is so unpretentious. A dove is, you know, they say as innocent as a dove, as gentle as a dove. There's a gentleness about a dove. A dove is not imposing. Hawks and blackbirds, what do they call them? Um, uh, yeah, crows. Crows are imposing, but but doves are not imposing. Doves are very uh, unimposing. Un- un- they, they're very gentle. They, they will flit in a, in a second, but they will come back again. <laughs> That's the interesting thing about doves, you know, is they, they're so gentle. And of course, you know, we know that dove symbolizes, symbolizes, it, it's not the Holy Spirit. It symbolizes the Holy Spirit as gentle as a dove coming and not imposing on us but resting on us with sensitivity. And I really believe the skill workers of this time, in this age, in this time we're living in right now, we need to be sensitive. We need to be sensitive and considerate to people. If there ever was a mission statement for me, a mission passion for me, is to see the world more considerate. And specifically, the church to be more considerate. I'm not talking about... The thing is, you know, when you've been around for 40 years, you've seen a lot of stuff. You've seen a lot of leadership stuff. You've seen a lot of the church. You've seen a lot of the the wacky and and the good, the good, the bad, and the ugly of church. And the thing that I've that I noticed is how inconsiderate we can be. And basically, we've adopted a mindset. Not not you. You you here. You it's not you. It's the other guy. Um, but the other guys. You know, the people not listening here. <laughs> um, is that we've adopted this mindset? You know, either join us or go to hell. If they're not joining us, they're going to hell. Jesus never, ever conveyed himself like that. He engaged them. He never told the world that they're going to hell. They're going to hell. He told the religious leaders they are, but he never told the world they are. And, but he says that the strategy is to be as shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. As innocent as doves. Listen, the word dove... um, symbolizes love, peace, uh, you know, love, peace, basically. So as we go out, the strategy is that we go out loving people. We, we are, we're not pushovers. We're not doormats. You know, it's like, I, I always get that, you know, I'm not a doormat. I'm not going to be a doormat. You know, Christians are always doormat. Well, don't look at what they, what was. Look at what Jesus is saying. He says, all authority. First of all, you know, you're a dove with a lot of authority. (laughs) You're a snake with a lot of wisdom. That's interesting, isn't it? So we, as, as we go into our influential places, the places that we influence, into our workplace, into our home, into our community, wherever we are right now, we influence like with the shrewdness of a snake and with the, with the innocence the no guile, the no cunningness. We don't need to be cunning. We don't need to be dishonest. And that's what the the um, the word means is not you know is to be honest, 
to be loyal. A dove symbolizes honesty, loyalty. I'm just looking at some of the words here. Um, oh, social. A, a dove is a very social animal, a very social bird. And so <laughs> that's relational. We're supposed to be building relationships. We're supposed to be out there touching people's lives, but not coming in with ye, yea, ye, yea, thus saith the Lord. We don't need to do that. I want to tell you what the scripture says. Come to my Bible study. You know, it doesn't work like that. I'm telling you. Yeah, you'll have the, some fruit, but most fruit won't be, most people won't be interested. But when you just build relationship with them and you begin to get into their life, and now you begin to influence them. You are socially related. You are loyal. You're consistent. You're honest. You're friendly. Those are all the personality traits of a dove. Interesting. And Jesus says that's how we must be. We've got to go out there and show ourselves to be friendly. To build, so, be social, uh, um, socially oriented. To be, to be, you don't have to be charismatic. You don't have to have great charisma. You don't have to have super personality. I, me, you put me in a room of like a networking room. Man, I just, I am horrible when it comes to networking. But I focus, I find one person, I focus on them. And I, 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 I sort of wiggle my way in and I begin to just, Find out about them. Like, what do you do? Where are you from? How long have you done it? And, and whatever. I just begin to ask questions. Sometimes we're so focused on trying to get our story across that we're not interested in hearing. And I'm telling you, when you hear what other people's story, they will be interested in. If you're interested in their story, they'll be interested in your story. So um, I'm not talking about being charismatic. I'm just talking about that you care enough to interact, to engage society around you. Today, you know, is that relationships, today the, the whole social fabric, because of computers, smartphones, because of the speed of knowledge, you know, you can move around the world at a, within a day, you can be anywhere in the world. And all of that has brought about, and smartphones, computers, laptops, tablets, have all brought a breakdown of a sense of belonging, of a social interaction. You, you watch. People will sit. I've walked into rooms and everybody's on their phone. Everybody. They, they, we're having a great time, but they're all on their phones with social media. So the social media is the new uh, norm. It's the new social world but people want this they want interaction they want eye to eye belly button to belly button man they want that interaction and as leaders whether you're a pastor or whatever you are in the fivefold you know gifting for equipping the saints equip the saints to be able and to be um, uh, skilled in taking the gifting that God's given them and be able to impart it without being religious. Please. Please. <laughs> Doves are. We, we need to go out and be loyal. Show ourselves to be loyal. Dependable. Oh my gosh. You know. Is that. I'm. 
I'm a believer. I'm not even the world. I'm a believer. And some of the things that have been done to me, some of the things that I've seen, some of the things that is just like, I cannot even believe it. Sometimes I'd rather go to business leaders of the world because they're more dependable, more loyal, more friendly, more honest than I have found some people in the church, unfortunately. And I'm even talking about spiritual leaders. And this is a no-go. The inconsiderateness I've experienced sometimes is just not acceptable. And it's been, I really believe that I've experienced it for a reason because, and I've done it. Listen, I'm not sitting here with like self-righteous and I've got it all right. I'm telling you, I've sat, I've been there. I've been the pastor that's that's been inconsiderate, that, that is just like, let's get the job done and doesn't matter what casualties there are. I, I just really, I regret every day I was like that. Every day. My arrogance, I thought I wasn't. I thought I was humble, <laughs> but I wasn't. And I, I regret every day I was like that. And now, you know, the thing that I would encourage leaders is how to have the right mindset, the right attitude, and the right skill. So that we build people up and help them to be all that God's called them to be. Because it starts with leadership. I, I you know, somebody said that um, you, you've got to, you can't just be, you know, say, don't be a father or something, you know, that the, the, the father's heart must go to the sons. You know, you must tell the sons to have the heart towards the father. But it starts with us. It starts with leadership. It starts with, if you're a leader, it starts with you. Everything John Maxwell says rises and falls with leadership. Jesus dealt first with the whole concept of leadership and then to the people. If we don't build the right culture, the you cannot demand that they do it differently. We've got to start with us. The revolution, the transformation has got to start with us. You and me, right here, right now. And if it's not you, then who? If not now, when? We've got to start now. Some, somewhere on the line, we've got to begin to do things right. Amen? And begin to question the models and question the things that have been taught us. And question, you know, and I'm not talking about the word. I'm not talking about the word. I'm talking about how things are done in our organizational hierarchical structures within the context of how we do things. Because there's a dying world. There's a harvest that's ripe. Jesus said it's ripe. But we don't have skilled workers. He said, pray the Lord of the harvest for skilled workers. So that's a dove. A dove, we need to be loyal, consistent, affable, honest, friendly. Not condemning the world, not saying, well, you better come, otherwise you're going to hell. But actually going out and sticking with them until... Discipleship doesn't start when somebody becomes a member of a church. Listen to me. Discipleship starts. Discipleship starts when you meet them. When they meet you. When you engage them. A word that I never heard in the church. When you engage them in relationship. In a, in a week or so's time, I'm going to speak at a Rotary Club meeting. 
and uh, and I thought this is great. I was invited. I shared with some guys over a lunch. Um, just we were having a, a Sunday lunch during summer, and uh, and I, they were asking me about our journey here, and I started telling them. Now from that they said, "Won't you come and share with all of us about your journey?" And I said, "Sure." And you know, my whole—I thought to myself, "What is my what is my objective? What do I want to accomplish? I don't just go and talk for talking's sake. I'm not going to share much story for, but to build, to connect with people, to engage them. I I want to find the one, the two, the three people that I can connect with, and begin to socially interact with." And become friendly with and and show them, begin to reveal to them, not preach to them, reveal to them the culture that I'm part of. Because I'm honest and because I'm going to be consistent, because I'm a loyal friend. Because I, I've got their back. I'm going to see how much value I can add to their life. What skill, what ability, what, what, um, what strength, what talent do I have that I can contribute to them? So how can I help you? What can, and I, I don't ask it like that, but as I look and I listen and I see what they, as I can do, I can help you. You know, one guy, uh, um, I was um, coaching a young business guy and, uh, and I heard he was talking about that he had... Um, uh, he, one of his values was team, his team. And I know he's, he has a business. So I, I contacted him the next day. I spent a couple of hours that night before, before I even, when we finished the call late, um, I, I, I quickly sat down for a couple of hours and I put together a presentation for him to help him, to give him some ideas for building team. And I called him the next day. I said, can we meet for lunch? And I'd like to, and he said to me, he says, look, I, I don't need another coach. I said, that's not what I'm offering you. I'm not saying I must be your coach. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm just coming to give you some ideas. That's it. Just add value. Just simply because I think you're important. I think you're valuable. I think that I can contribute something to you. Now, if business comes out of it, then it's great, you know, but if it doesn't, it's also fine. I've what I've done is I've contributed something to somebody's life. And therefore they can see, wait a minute, you know, this person is friendly, they're honest, they, they're loyal, they, and they consistently offer value. And I'm telling you, that's when we begin to make an impact in our society. Not because we know, you know, 10,000 verses, because we've been through the school of the prophets and we can prophesy now. That's... You know, that's fine for the church. That's fine for, for everybody saying, wow, look how spiritual you are. And we need, you know, we need, <laughs> we need the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. We need, the, the, we need the, the manifestations of the Spirit, the Word of knowledge, the Word of wisdom. We need those things, you know, working in miracles, tongues. We need all of those things. I understand that that's for the common good. That's for the edifying of everybody. We, we're supposed to be doing that. But when it comes to going into the world, you know, thus saith the Lord, and if you don't like it, you're going to hell. We cannot be thinking like that. Well, we're leaving one day, and you better come with us, otherwise you're going to hell. We, you cannot, we, that's not Jesus' strategy. Jesus said, go into all the world, all, every ethnic, every community, every culture, make disciples. Make disciples. 
All right. So that's what I wanted to share with you today, just to encourage you to refocus, realign, uh, think about these things. I'm not saying I got it all right, but I'm just, I just look at scripture and I just go, you know, we need to get a bit more practical about things. We need to, we need to think about what it is to be as cunning as a snake and as gentle as a dove. We flit over that and like, yeah, that's, that's interesting. But within the context of what Jesus was bringing and the message and the culture that he was bringing, the kingdom of God is the culture of the kingdom of heaven. And when we understand that, we'll get out of our denominational, organizational culture and we'll begin to step into the culture of the kingdom of God. People fight me on this. And they say, you know, I, I don't know why, why we've got to fight each other. To prove that we're right and you're wrong. I, you know, I just like, okay, if you want to be right, I'll walk away. That's fine. I, you know, in within the context of the church, it, it to me, it's ridiculous. I was listening to somebody the other night and, and uh, they talking and it's some really good stuff regarding the Middle East and, and what's happening and all the rest of it. And suddenly at towards the end of his, his presentation or his sharing his live broadcast, whatever he was doing, it just gets to like, and if you are are this then you are you know um, you are deceptive and you are and i'm going what the heck what, what for why i was enjoying it until then now you're divisive now i can see your religiosity your religiosity has to divide has to you have to be right and everybody else has to be wrong your denomination has to be right and everybody else is wrong can't understand that. I, I don't understand why we why as the church we've got to fight over our little pet doctrines and our little pet views. And you know, I'm telling you, there's only one thing that's common to us. We citizens of the king, not only one thing, the, the commonality is we citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is the king, we're all kings, we're all lords under his lordship. His, his government is one government. He's redeemed all of us. We're all new creatures in Christ. That's it. You know, that's it. Now, you, you might have a different angle than me. Listen, if you don't like the way I'm presenting it, you're free to leave. <laughs> and that's the beauty of, of this. I, I, you know, I don't charge for it. I don't have to. It's just like, this is where I talk to you and I share what God is showing me from the word. And that's it. And I'm, I'm not even trying to give you an opinion. I'm showing you what it says. And that's it. I have no, you know, I'm not trying to bring across my denominational constitution and my statement of faith. And we, we've become so stuck in the things that just divide I speak in tongues. No, I don't. I'm full with the spirit. No, you, you know, I'm not. And I don't believe in this. And you're dominion of theology. And no, I'm not dominion. And that's what they were getting to. You know, it's like some say we're leaving. Some say we are. I just, you know, I don't really care. My job is now succeed now and worry about how, what's going to happen in, in the millennial when it gets there. Oh my goodness. I mean, really, we're going to fight and debate and argue while the harvest is ripe. We should be beseeching the Lord of the harvest to send skilled workers and maybe it'll be us. Well, it is us. 
It is us right where we are right now today. But we're so busy, you know, our church, you know, our church name, their church name, you know, what we do and what you do. And our church is better than your church and our pastor. And, and now we're trying to have fraternals and everybody's advertising to everybody else, their meetings. And I, I just, I'm really, I got tired of it. They used to come and sit with me and say, this is what we're doing. And so we want you, I said, look, you know what? When you prepare to have a relationship with me, get to know me, spend time with me, then maybe we can begin to, you know, see what God is saying as far as strategy is concerned. But until then, don't waste my time. You know, you you don't know me. You don't want to spend time with me. It's all about what your thing might. And I do not want to advertise anything. I do not want to advertise, you know, my great gifting and my great abilities and, and all that. I'm just, I want to see us as the church, in, take the message that Jesus gave us, which he said, go, in, go and preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, freely receive, freely, uh, freely give. Let's get to that. Let's get to that stuff. Can we agree that that's what we have to do? And let's do that. Let's work on that. Let's, let's do what Matthew 28 says. Let's go into all the world and make disciples. Oh my goodness, let's really get to grasp what that means. And let's begin to do that. Because that's the strategy that works. It worked for Jesus. Three and a half years. <laughs> and it impacted the world. We work for 30 years. We can't even impact our community. Come on, let's, let's begin to rethink things. Let's begin to have a new mindset. A new paradigm. All right. Thank you for being with me. I know you here because that's what you are on about, and that's what you want, that's what you desire, and that's you know we're in this boat together. But I'm just tired of people fighting and arguing, debating, and stuff. I you know I just challenge what people do. I challenge the religiosity of it. I say, is it effective? You've got to ask yourself, you know, as a, as, a, as a business guy, that's what I do. I go to leaders and I say, is what you're doing effective? Is your leadership effective? And maybe you need to rethink how you're doing things. Is your communication effective? Is your strategy effective? Is your, is your client or your people engagement effective? If it's not, then you need to rethink what you're doing. That's that's all I've got. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I, I You know what you're doing. I'm not going to tell you what to do or how to do it. I'm just going to tell you, let's have a look at maybe you need to sharpen your focus in some areas. Maybe you need to rethink your strategy and get clear, get clarity, get focus, get direction. And we need to do the same as the church and as church leaders. All right. So again, thank you for being with me. I appreciate you. And uh, God bless you guys. Have a super week. And um, I remember that you can get the, um, the this episode is on KLE. So if you're driving and you want to listen again or you want to pass it on to somebody, um, you can do that. It's KLE. We are on Spotify, Google and iTunes, etc., etc. And you can get the links in the um, in the post here at in the equipping group. And, of course, it's also live. So, give us a share. Give us a like. Until next time, God bless you. This is Sean.